0: Bismillah ar rahim na-hamuduhu wa ala al-Kareem. Am Ahmad. Alhamdulillah. Today is the 11th of February in the year 2024. Alhamdulillah, the blessed month of Shaban has begun. So we pray to Almighty Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that He blesses us in this month and conveys safety to the holy month of Ramadan. And I've reached verse 4 of Surah Nur. So inshallah today, going through verses 4 and 5 and touching upon the following verses as well. So verse 4, Audhu Billahi Shaitan Rahmanir and those who launch a charge against chaste women, and produce not four witnesses, I to support their allegations, then strike them with eighty stripes, and reject their evidence ever after, for such men are indeed transgressors. Verse five, unless they repent thereafter, and mend I their conduct, for Allah Subhanahu wa Taala is of forgiving, the most merciful. <coughs> so in these verses, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is now mentioning those people who bring the allegation forward, those witnesses. And if they don't have the relevant uh, uh, essentials, they themselves will strike, be struck 80 times. So there's a few things mentioned here. So first of all, Hafiz ibn Kathir, rahmatullah he recited verse 5. And he then said this exception refers to number one, his testimony should then be rejected forever. And number two, he should be labeled as a fasiq. The flogging however has to be carried out regardless of whether he repents or persists. And after that there is no further punishment as agreed by the scholars. Then he quotes Saeed Ibn Al Masayyib, and others have said, if he repents, then his testimony may be accepted, and he is no longer to be labelled as a fasiq. This is in Ibn al-Jarir and Ibn Kathir's Tafsir. So simply put, <coughs> when Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala says in verse five, unless they repent and mend their conduct, does that mean that they are? Not, if they repent, then they do not need to be flogged. And they can also henceforth come forward as witnesses. The response is the repentance is accepted, they can become witnesses once more, but the flogging still needs to be done, according to the scholars he mentions. And also, in Ibn Janir and Ibn Kathir Tafsir, <coughs> Imam Sha'abi and said his testimony cannot be accepted even if he does repent, unless he himself admits that he said something false, in which case his testimony may then be accepted. So, another condition according to the Salaf is that he can become a witness again if he admits he made a mistake together with his repentance. Otherwise, he cannot be a witness. So this is the view of some scholars. But Imam Muhammad's Muwatta, number 1003, Saeed ibn al Musayyib, he recited verse 3. So, verse 3 mentions, Let no man guilty of adultery or fornication marry any but a woman similarly guilty or an unbeliever. Nor let any but such a man or an unbeliever marry such a woman. To the believers, such a thing is forbidden. So, he recited that verse. Sayyid Ibn al-Musayyim and he said (laughs) This verse is abrogated By the verse 32 Of Surah Noor Where it says Marry off those amongst you Who are unmarried And those of your slaves and slave girls Who are righteous So here in this report In Imam Muhammad's Mawatta When Allah the Almighty and Glorious Says in verse 3 That only a fornicator can marry a fornicator or a mushrik that, according to Saeed ibn al Masayim, is abrogated because Allah the Almighty says in verse 32 of the same surah, Marry those who are unmarried and those of your slaves and slave girls. Imam Muhammad, he commented, <coughs> We adhere to this, it is the verdict of Imam Abu Hanifa and our scholars in general. Thus, there is no harm in a woman marrying if she has fornicated, even if the person who marries her has not fornicated. So this is the view, like I mentioned, of the Hanafis. So even if a man or woman have committed that crime, they can still marry one who has not committed that crime because of an abrogation of this verse, verse 3, by verse 32. (coughs) So another thing, there's a famous report which I'll mention. So, this narration is recorded in Bayhaki 8 3 3 Imam Tahawi ibn Abi Shaybah and Sheikh Al-Bani Rahmatullah said Sahih in Irwa al ghalil number 2361 or 8 29. So, Abu Uthman al-Nahdi Rahmatullah said, Three men: Abu Bakr, Shibal ibn Ma'abid, and Abu Abdullah Nafi. They came before Umar and they testified that they witnessed Al Mughira ibn Sho'uba committing zina. So, three men, one of them was a sahab. They said they saw another sahab committing zina called Mughira. A fourth man, Abu Uthman Ziyad, also came to testify and Umar said you are a man that will not bear but a truthful testimony inshallah so Ziyad said as for zina i did not witness it but i did indeed see an ugly situation so what happened three men they said we know 100% Mughira has committed zina and like i mentioned they the the you know how clear it must have been for them to say this But the fourth man, Ziyad said, I can't say that. But I did see something ugly. Upon hearing this, Umar said with a loud voice, Allahu Akbar, all praise is for Allah, subhanahu wa ta'ala, who did not allow shaitan to rejoice at the misfortune of Muhammad's Ummah. Umar then commanded that the three witnesses be whipped. In reference to the verses. After being whipped, Abu Bakr, one of them who was whipped, he said, By Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, I am truthful. And I still testify he has committed zina. On hearing this, Umar wanted to whip him again, But Ali objected saying, If you were to whip him, you would then have to stone your companion, i Muhira. Mughira. So let's look at this. So three men said, Zina has taken place. But Allah Ta'ala clearly mentions in verse uh, in the verses we've been through, verse two of Surah Nur, you need four witnesses. The fourth witness did not testify to Zina. So now what is the hukum? The hukum now is going to the verses. Ai, verse four of Surah Nur. 80 stripes are now awarded to those who bore false witness. So three, not the fourth, the fourth didn't bear witness, so he's not going to get whipped. Three of them were now given the command to get whipped 80 times. So they got whipped. The companion amongst them, Abu Bakr, he was so convinced, he goes, untruthful. Even though I've been, you know, struck, I still say he's committed zina. So, Umar got furious and he wanted to hit him again. But then Ali said, very interesting, anh, if you were to whip him again, you would have to stone your companion. Why? If Abu Bakr was whipped again, that would mean he is treated as a fourth witness. In that case, the four witness requirement is fulfilled and Muhira would be liable to stoning. So, Umar appreciated Ali's advice. So this is the report sahih. So now, do we need to know what happened? The answer is, he obviously did not commit zina. And it was later established. So there's the perfection of the sharia. If Allah had sent three witnesses, an innocent man would have been uh, stoned to death. And of course he was a companion of the Prophet. Should we think ill of Abu Bakr How can he when he's a companion? And the response is, Allah purifies them. So he was convinced of what he thought was true but it wasn't true, so he made a genuine mistake. So note again, all of that report is in reference to these verses. Without these verses, you're thinking, why is he getting whipped and what's going on? And again, it shows you need to be connected. (coughs) So then, the verses. So there's something mentioned in Marit Al-Qur'an. It's very important to highlight. So in verse 4, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he mentions, Do not accept his evidence anymore. I, the one who brought the false witness. So Mufti Shafi in Marif quran volume 6, page 361, he said, This means that the person guilty of qazf is subject to two punishments. One is to inflict at once 80 stripes, but there is another punishment which stays with the culprit forever. This punishment is that his evidence will not be accepted in any matter unless he begs forgiveness of Allah with severe, uh, sincere repentance, and he is also forgiven by the one he accused. Until these two things are done, his evidence will not be acceptable in any case. This is the consensus of the ummah. However, in case of the Hanafiyya, even after begging pardon, his evidence is not acceptable. Only his sin is pardoned. So, according to the Hanafis, this person can never ever be a witness again, even if he's for, repented for the crime of false witness. He's lost that honor. Mm-hmm. Then Mufti Shafi said, This exemption, إِلَّ verse 5, because Allah says in verse 5, unless they repent. Mm-hmm refers only to the last sentence of the previous verse, according to Imam Abu Hanifa and some Imams, that he is not a Fasik. So with this exemption, it means that the one who is punished for false accusation is a sinner. But if he repents with sincerity and improves himself after obtaining forgiveness from the one he falsely accused, he will no longer remain a sinner and his punishment will be pardoned in the hereafter. Simple terms, the two punishments meant for the world, 80 stripes and inadmissibility of his evidence will remain despite the repentance. (laughs) So Allah Ta'ala says, unless they repent thereafter, it means according to the Hanafis, they will still be struck, and they will not be able to give evidence thereafter. But then Mufti Shafi said, Imam Shafi'i and some other Imams, have taken this exemption in verse 5 towards all of the previous verse, meaning, as one does not remain sinner after repentance, he would also not be debarred from giving evidence. So, what is the ruling? The ruling is, if a person gives false witness, according to the Shafi's and other schools, if he repents, he can give witness again to other crimes. Allah, Taala has forgiven him. According to the Hanafi's, Allah, Allah has forgiven him for that, but he can never again give witness he has lost that honor and of course it's to do with understanding these verses so now touching upon the next verses so there's two incidents it's very important to put this in your memory otherwise, the way you get lost the first incident is with regards to Hilal ibn Umayyah and his wife so the first report I'm going to mention is talking about a companion called Hilal, I, the same as the moon, Hilal ibn Umayyah and his wife. The second which I'm going to mention is talking about Uwaymr and his wife Khawla. So, bear that in mind, don't get confused, right? So the first incident I'm going to mention is about Hilal and his wife. The second is Uwaymr and his wife. So let's go to the first so it mentions, so this is recorded in Imam Ahmed in his Musnad, Tafsir Mazhili, Marif al Quran, Volume 6, page 364 to 7. Abdullah ibn Abbas, he said, when the verses of the Quran on punishment of false accusation of adultery were revealed, namely, verse 4. Those who accuse the pure women of zina but they do not produce four witnesses, flog them with 80 stripes. So when that verse was revealed Sa'ad ibn Ubaadah the leader of the Khazraj He goes, were these verses revealed like this ya Rasulullah? So they're not, they're the report. So what does Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala say? Those who accuse pure women and they do not produce four witnesses, they will get flogged, 80 stripes. So Sa'd ibn Ubadah, he was thinking, if I see my wife with a man, am I going to be looking for four witnesses? <laughs> so he asked, he goes, is this verse as it is, Ya Rasulullah sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. The Prophet he asked the Ansar, are you listening to your chief? The Ansar then said, Ya Rasulullah, Please do not reproach him. Because he has an extreme sense of ghayla. It doesn't mean anything ill towards this. So Saad ibn Uba then spoke. He said, may my parents be sacrificed for your honor. I know full well that these verses are nothing but the truth. And have been revealed from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But what I am surprised about is that if I see a shameless wife in a situation that a strange man is lying over her, then would it not be like for me to finish him? Instead, will it be incumbent upon me to get four men and show them this situation to make them eyewitnesses? And by the time I find the men, he runs away after performing his task. And the Prophet didn't say anything. He goes, are you surprised at the ghayrah of Sa'ad? And then they, obviously they were. And then the Prophet ﷺ said, I've got more ghayrah than Sa'ad. And then he goes, Allah has got the most ghayrah of all. That's why he's made things haram. The report continues. A short time after this conversation, revelation of the verses of punishment against false accusation of adultery and the remarks made by Sa'ad, the incident of Hilal ibn Umayyah took place. So like I mentioned, there's two incidents. Hilal ibn Umayyah's incident took place. Then Ibn Abbas explained, it so happened, that Hilal returned from his land late in the night when he saw a man with his wife with his own eyes committing zina and he listened to their conversation. He did not say anything and waited until the morning when he went to the Prophet wasallam and narrated the incident. The Prophet was very unhappy to hear about this incident and he felt bad. In the meantime, the people of the Ansar gathered and they started discussing amongst themselves that the same thing happened which was hinted by Sa'ad ibn Ubadah and Hilal would now be punished with 80 stripes in accordance with the Shariat and they be barred from life for giving evidence. Stuff in the report. So Hilal, he didn't know what to do. He saw his wife committing zina. <coughs> and he is like, "What? Well, I can't kill the man. I'll be killed. I can't do anything. I need to get witnesses. So you can tell he was like, he didn't, you know, he was just in shock. <laughs> and then he, he thought, I've got to tell the Prophet. <laughs> so he goes to the Prophet Wasallam the next day, tells him what had happened. And Hilal then said, الله, By Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, I am very hopeful that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will take me out of this predicament meaning how can I be in in a loss? Sayyid Bukhari quotes that in fact Rasulullah after hearing the incident of Hilal sallam, had asked him according to Islamic law to produce four witnesses or be prepared for punishment of 80 strikes so the Prophet looked at Hilal and what did he say to him? He had to say that to him, he goes, Hilal you need to produce four witnesses if you don't, you will be struck 80 times. Mm-hmm. Hilal radiyallahu who swore an oath by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, mm-hmm. And he pleaded, I am telling the truth. And Allah the Almighty will surely send down a command which will save my bike from being flopped. Mm-hmm. So Hilal is now thinking. I'm gonna get struck 80 times. Mm-hmm. I haven't got the witnesses. So he's pleading he goes I can't believe Allah, Allah is not going to defend me when he had finished his statement Jibreel descended <laughs> and he descended with the verses containing li'an and like I mentioned we're going to touch upon the verses but in verse 6 what does Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala say <laughs> those who accuse their wives Abu Ya'la in his Musnad mentions the same incident from Anas when the verses of li'an were revealed, Rasulullah gave the glad tidings to Hilal that Allah the Almighty has sent down the solution to his predicament. Hilal replied, I was hoping this from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So Allah intervened <laughs> and the Prophet congratulated Hilal because Allah Allah has explained, he's come to your defense. Then the Prophet called Hilal ibn Umayyah's wife, and when they were both together, he asked from the wife about the incident. She said, My husband is lying about me. (laughs) The Prophet said, Allah the Almighty knows one of you is lying, so you would not dread the punishment and come out with the truth and repent. Hilal ibn Umiyyah said, may my parents be sacrificed for you. I have said nothing but the truth and whatever I have said is true. After this, Rasulullah directed that the process of li'an be conducted on both husband and wife according to the revealed verses of the Quran. So stopping the report. So the Prophet got them both together. He asked the wife. She goes, he's like. So the Prophet said, one of you is lying. Fear the wrath of Allah. Hilal because I'm telling the truth. The Prophet now had to apply the verses. The report continues. First Hilal was asked to testify four times with the wordings of the Quran. Which are, Believe Allah to be present everywhere and sees everything. I testify, I am honest in my allegation. So why did the Prophet start with Hilal? Because in verse 6, touching upon it. What does Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala say? And for those who launch a charge against their wives and have no evidence but their own, their solitary evidence can be deceived if they bear witness four times with an oath by Allah that they are telling the truth. So Rasulullah told him, swear an oath four times. So what happened? Hilal testified four times with the Quranic wording. When he came to testifying the fifth time, of which the Quranic wording, i.e., in verse 7, and the fifth should be that they solemnly invoke the curse of Allah on themselves if they are lying. So Allah says that the fifth oath of the husband is if I'm lying, may Allah send the curse upon me. At that time, the Prophet stopped Hilal وسلم, as a warning. He goes, Fear Allah. The worldly punishment is lighter than the torment of the hereafter. The torment of Allah is more severe than the punishment of people. And with the fifth, the ruling would now stand. But Hilal ibn Umayya insisted that he could say under oath that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala would not punish him for his testimony in the hereafter. Thus he uttered the wordings of the fifth testimony. After this, Rasulullah obtained four oaths in the similar manner from his wife. She too swore with Quranic wordings that her husband was lying. Where's this? Verse 8. But it would avert the punishment from the wife if she bears witness four times with an oath by Allah that I, her husband, is lying. So the Prophet he got four oaths from her. She swore that her husband was lying four times. When it came to the testimony of the fifth, Rasulullah asked her to wait, and he warned her that it was the fifth and final testimony. Fear Allah, as the torment of the Lord is far greater than the torment of the people. And this is in verse nine. What does Allah say in verse nine? And the fifth oath should be that she solemnly invokes the wrath of Allah on herself, if he is telling the truth. Ibn Abbas continued he said on hearing this she hesitated to swear so the people thought she's going to retract but then ultimately she said by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala I'm not going to disgrace my people and testified the fifth time saying if her husband was true then Allah wrath be upon her this way the process of li'an was completed. Rasulullah separated the husband and wife, and the marriage was annulled. And ruled that the child to be born out of this conception will take the mother's name and will not be attributed to the father, but the child should not be disparaged. So, I'm going to come to the rulings at the end. So, what happened? The woman hesitated. That was the clue. So then the classic line came out. <laughs> Mary Izzat. <is it? laughs> Mary Izzat. <is it? laughs> what is it? <laughs> right? So she said it. And then she, separation. And the Prophet goes, the child that's going to be born goes to the mother and don't speak ill of the child. But there's another interesting addition. <laughs> the Hadith is in Sayyih Bukhari. The Prophet then said, Sallallahu Alaihi watch her. If she delivers a black-eyed child with big hips and fat shins, then it is Sharik ibn Sahmas' child. i.e., the man accused of zina. Later, she delivered a child of that exact description. Rasulullah then said, if the case was not settled by Allah's law, I would have severely punished her for the crime she has committed. So what happened? Again, revelation. The Prophet time said, you can tell by the child to be born who's telling the truth. And what did he say? If the child is like this, she's committed zina. And it was like that. But now, that's the law. The command is, you can't do anything to her. So has she got away? No, she hasn't. She's invoked the wrath of Allah upon herself. So the Prophet said, it's, you know, I can't do anything. But if it wasn't to me, I would have taught her the serious lesson what she's done. So this is the first report. So who is that? Hilal ibn Umayyah and his wife. Now there's a second report. So the second report, just to mention their names, is Awaymal and his wife. So this is the second report. So this is recorded in Bukhari and Muslim, and also in Baghwi, Marif al-Quran, They've seen mazhari So it mentions, again from Ibn Abbas, the Prophet while standing on the minbar, he related the verses in which it is enjoined to punish the man making false accusation of adultery. I verse 4. At that time, Sayyidina Asim ibn Adi al-Ansar, anh, was present. He stood up. He goes, Ya Rasulullah my life be sacrificed for your honor. If any one of us discovers his wife lying in bed with another man and narrates this situation, he will be punished with 80 stripes and would be debarred from giving evidence for life. The Muslims would call him a liar. In such a situation, how can we get the eyewitnesses immediately? And if we do go in search of eyewitnesses, he would run away after doing the deed. By the time we could bring witnesses. It was the same inquiry made by Asim ibn Adi which was made by Sa'ad ibn Ubad in the first incident. So what's happened? The Prophet has mentioned if you haven't got witnesses you will get flogged 80 times and you will lose the privilege of witnessing. So Asim said the same as Sa'ad because he couldn't see the wisdom. He thought he's going to get away with it. This inquiry was made on a Friday. After that, it happened that Asim ibn Adi's cousin, Oweyman, who had married Khawla, another cousin of Adi, saw his wife involved with yet another cousin, Shariq ibn Sahma. Stop in the report. So who was the one who got up and said, I can't understand the wisdom. His name was Asim ibn Adi. Later, the man who got up, Asim's cousin, Oweyman, he got, his wife got involved in zina so uwaymir related the incident to his cousin asim and asim said inna lillahi wa inna ilayhi raj'un. and he went to see the prophet the next day which was a friday again adi said to rasulullah last friday i said what i said but now something's happened in my own family bughawi narrates the incident in great detail As to how were the husband and wife called and went through the process of li'an. So now, this is another incident. This incident is narrated in Bukhari and Muslim on the authority of Sahal ibn Sa'ad Sa'idi. That Awaymar al-Ajlani inquired from Rasulullah If someone finds his wife in bed with another man, should he kill the man? as a result of which he will be killed by people, what should he do? <coughs> the Prophet replied, وسلم, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has revealed a command for the case of your wife and yourself. Go and get your wife. So stop in the report. So uwayman is now in the same predicament as who? <laughs> Hilal. <laughs> so he comes to the Prophet وسلم, and he goes, What shall I do, Ya Rasulullah? This is important, the word. The Prophet said, Allah has revealed an injunction for the case of your wife and yourself. What does that mean? It's already been revealed, the command. So whose incident was first? It was Hilal's, because for him revelation came. But the second incident, the Prophet goes, it's already been revealed, what's to be done? Go and get your wife. Sayyidina Sahali ibn Sa'ad, the narrator narrates, the Prophet subjected them to the process of li'an in the masjid. So it was interesting. Both husband and wife came into masjid in Nabi and the process took place of odds. When the process of li'an was complete after both husband and wife had sworn five times, Uweymar said, If I still keep her as my wife, this will mean as if I am lying. Therefore, I am divorcing her three times. So Uweymar, he actually jumped. He goes, I can't stay with her. Nah. I've accused her of zina, right? And then he says, I've divorced her. So then, Mufti Shafi he says something very interesting in Marif Quran, volume 6, page 368. In both these incidents, it is reported that the verses of Li'an were revealed for that particular incident. Hafiz ibn Hajar Askalani, an Imam Nawi, Rahimahumullah. They note the alightness of the two incidents, but they state the first incident was Hilal ibn Umayyah, and the verses of Li'an were revealed in that connection. And immediately after that, Uweimar was confronted with a similar incident presented to the Prophet, وسلم, perhaps not knowing Hilal's incident, which occurred shortly earlier. Thus, the Prophet judged. This appears plausible because of the wording which I've mentioned. So Ibn Hajar goes, there's no contradiction. You might think, oh, they got the names mixed up. It's the same incident. It's not. Mm. There's two separate incidents. And the wording proves there's two separate incidents. The revelation came for um, Hilal, his incident. But then the command was executed for Uweyman. Mm. Then Mufti Shafi, he mentions some rulings. Mm. He said, When Li'an has taken place between husband and wife before the judge, then that woman becomes forbidden for good for that man. Just like a relative are forbidden for marriage amongst themselves forever. So this is one ruling. So they are separated. They can never come back together. Unlike a divorce. A divorce, they can get divorced, they get married, they have relations, they can get married to the first one again. This can't happen here. It's a permanent separation. The Prophet said in the hadith, The spouses who have gone through li'an can never again join. Unlawfulness establishes immediately after li'an. As for the woman's second marriage with another man, she is allowed after the expiry of her iddah period of three months. So, automatic separation takes place. She cannot get married again until three months of passed." When she is divorced by a first husband, this is the ruling given by Imam Abu Hanifa. But if the husband does not carry out any of the two alternatives, then the ruler or the judge orders separation, which would be the same as the divorce. So even if the husband is ignorant, because I'm not separating with my wife, yeah. for she committed zina, the shahidid has to be established. It's too late. you permanently permanently separated and it's enforced by the authorities. Another ruling, when the li'an is completed, after that, the child that would born from that conception would not have the name of her husband, but would be given the name of the mother. So this is why you'll hear some names, very few, and they're named after their mother. So a person goes, why isn't the father mentioned? Because li'an, the child born from that illegitimate union has to be linked to the mother. The Prophet gave this ruling in both Hilal and Uwaimul's cases. Another ruling. Although the torment of the hair after would increase on the one who is a liar after the lian, but the punishment of the world is anul. Similarly, it is not permissible to call the woman an adulterer, nor is it permissible to call her child illegitimate. This was ruled by Rasulullah in the case of Hilal, so this is important. After the process takes place, nobody can call that woman a zani. Think about that. Uh, you can't. You'll can be held accountable for that. And nor can you call the child illegitimate. The child is innocent. Otherwise you are accountable for that. So look how beautiful. Allah, Allah is giving us ways out of certain predicaments. And the obvious predicament was four witnesses. I'm not going to go and look for three, four witnesses. Well, the look for witnesses, you know, it's, the deed is done. So, obviously, you'd expect something else to be revealed. And that's why the companions, they approached the Prophet. And an incident took place, Allah revealed verses. So now, one last thing to finish. Allah the Almighty could have revealed these verses immediately. He could have said, you know, confession or four witnesses, and immediately after that, told the ummah that if you haven't got witnesses, then it's the process of li'an. Why did he not reveal those verses? And the response the scholars gave is to honor the companions. Mm-hmm. What did Uweyman say? He goes, I believe Allah Tala will not leave me in this predicament. Allah Tala was showing that he loved the companions. He wanted to honor them. When Uweyman said those words, then he revealed the verses. This was the wisdom why there was a false. But what's interesting, the other incident over a it must have been very quick after that because he wasn't aware of the, how to, you know, deal with the scenario. And note, the verses were immediately acted upon. So I'll decide the verses. And we will conclude. <laughs> والذين يرمون المحصنات ثم لم يأتوا بأربعة شهداء فاجلدوهم ثمانين جَلْدًا ولا تقبلوا لهم شهادة أبدا وأولئك هم الفاسقون إلا الذين تابوا من بعد ذلك وأصلحوا فإن الله غفور رحيم so like I mentioned, we touched upon the verses uh, 6, 7, 8, and 9, where we'll mention more about them, if you're still alive, you're in the next session. So we pray to Almighty Allah subhanahu that He makes the Quran the of our hearts. And I pray to Almighty Allah subhanahu that He forgives me for any errors which I may have inadvertently ordered. سبحان we have to say that 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 والحمد لله بسم الله الرحمن